Hello, I'm Ray Reich, founder and CEO of RevOps Squared, and your host of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. We talk to a wide variety of B2B, SaaS, and cloud thought leaders, executives, investors, and people just like you to discuss the metrics and benchmarks they use to make metrics-informed decisions. Now on to today's show. Welcome to today's episode of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. Today, we are joined by Paul Fifield, founder and CEO at the Sales Impact Academy. Today, we'll be covering three main topic areas with Paul. First, the challenges to train go-to-market resources, especially sales and customer success. Second, the catalyst and the vision behind Sales Impact Academy. And third, the foundational skills and competencies required for today's modern B2B go-to-market employees. Hey, Paul, take a moment to give a brief background overview of your journey to becoming a guest on the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. Thank you, Ray. Great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on. So yeah, just very briefly, my background is I've been sort of mucking around building companies for the last 20 years. I've always been on the sort of revenue side of that. And the last 10 years have been, you know, especially pretty successful. I co-founded a SaaS company in New York. Uh, we raised a bunch of money there called Seros. That's still going strong. I think it's about 40 plus million in ARR, worth about 600 million. I put all the sales infrastructure in place there and sort of grew the team and the revenue in those early days. I came back to the UK and joined a, a company in the student space called UniDays, scaled that from two to 40 million in three years, built a hundred person team in four countries and got that to a pretty high valuation as well. Great background for, I think, why you're doing what you're doing today. I found almost every founder that I've had a chance to speak with here on the podcast, that they've had specific challenges or experience in dealing with the problem that they're now attempting to solve. Mm -hmm. So would you mind telling me a little bit about those two or three kind of primary challenges that you faced in mm -hmm. scaling revenue generating teams that led to your vision behind the Sales Impact Academy? Sure. Well, I can be very, very succinct in saying that in that decade of building those two companies, I was pretty unhappy and miserable and stressed, right? It was a pretty brutal experience because I was essentially learning on the job, right? I had no real idea about how to do what I was doing. I was picking it up as quickly as I could. But this is the underlying like problem in our industry is that we're all making it up as we go along. No one's really, there is no formal structured learning in our, in our profession, which is just an absolute crime. And the net effect of that is that it creates an entire global profession of tens and tens of millions, about way over 100 million people and go to market globally, who are all, generally speaking, making it up as they go along. And it's really, really stressful. <laughs> and it's really, really miserable. So I'm, I'm solving that pain that I directly had, but it wasn't just my pain. I was witnessing it, right? I'd be hiring these teams all over the world. And all these people would come in from these different companies and different backgrounds and different experiences. Well, everyone had good habits and bad habits, but in varying degrees. And I was just thinking, this is just chaos. And it was probably registering in my subconscious. And then when I left uni days, just I was exhausted. I'd had two fairly challenging CEO experiences, especially the second one. He was a psychopath <laughs> and just a horrible person to work for. And so I promised myself I'd never work for a CEO again. And I just went off and did some like voluntary teaching. And then I did like the sort of giving back phase. And I, I was in front of hundreds and hundreds of companies. And I just put a very simple class together about how you build a predictable and scalable revenue function. And that's when I realized literally, I was probably in front of 500 companies and barely 10% even knew what an SDR was. And I was like, this is a major, major problem. 
problem and the consequences of this lack of deep lack of skills and knowledge is like literally terrible for the industry, terrible for the profession. Well, let me ask a question though, because you've got experience really scaling B2B tech companies, right? Kind of software as a service and cloud companies. Do you find that the skill sets that you're training at Sales Impact Academy are specific to B2B tech sales or they're broadly applicable across industry segments? No, I, I firmly believe it's, it's applicable across every industry segment, right? If you, if you think about it like this, let's just focus on B2B. Like every B2B sale, literally since the dawn of time, right, has followed this process, broadly speaking. Someone's shown an interest in a product. They've gone through some kind of buying process. And then at the end of it, they've handed over some cash and probably signed an agreement. That's literally every sales cycle that's ever happened since the dawn of time. Okay. Now that process can take a minute. Well, that process can take two years, right? But that has happened over and over again since the dawn of time. And the better you are at matching your solution to a very, very specific pain, like the easier everything's going to be, right? And so you just, every sales cycle does follow broadly similar patterns, right? And actually that's kind of our approach where we're a sort of universal best practice platform. There's not like the Sandler way, right? Or the Sales Impact Academy way. It's not like a methodology-driven education that we're doing. We're doing a best practice, universal best practice, like educational approach. So we're taking those things that are very, very common to pretty much every single sales cycle, every approach to customer success, every approach to being an SDR building pipeline. And we're boiling that down to a series of best practice courses and teaching that. Let's go click on that because I don't know if I'm totally aligned that the sales process, the B2B sales process hasn't changed, especially in B2B tech, which most of my listeners are in the SaaS and cloud industry. And the first thing is there's so much noise and saturation in this marketplace today where 10 years ago, we had about 5,000 B2B SaaS companies. We're approaching 40,000 today. So one of the new talents that our salespeople need, I'm talking sales now, is the ability to create the need for that prospect where they may not even know they have a need. They haven't identified it. Like five years ago, no one knew that conversational intelligence was a need they had. Or eight years ago that I needed to have a sales engagement platform to better engage. So how do you actually train on that portion of gaining that initial interest before they have a need for the product? I mean, I would argue back to you, right, in the history of sales, probably going back hundreds of years, right, there's going to be evolutions of markets where people don't know the problem that they've got and the sale to an extent is going to be evangelical, right? No, no, no question. It can't possibly have been the case that suddenly this kind of need to do this evangelism has just come about. So I do think that, of course, maybe things shift and change and it kind of depends on kind of the product that you're selling. But the core process of like understanding need, matching kind of like need to a solution, you know, working with multiple stakeholders and moving to a close. That's what I mean. The broad structure of that really hasn't shifted like forever. Paul, with your, your approach... Do you segment by role? So do you have different curriculum and thus different learnings for a sales development rep versus a enterprise account executive versus a customer success manager? Oh, 100%. The way that we structure our schools in Sales Impact Academy is we have management and leadership, marketing, sales, prospecting, customer success, and then we're building a RevOps school. So we break it down into those six different schools. And yes, there's some crossover curriculum. Typically, best practice generally is AEs, 
should do some self self generation of pipeline so they then they need to keep their prospecting skills up you know sharp but yes we have very very different curriculum for all those different personas there's about 15 core personas within go to market and we will be developing curriculum for all of that so sales engineers is another one right there is really very little out there to help sales engineers be great sales engineers and we're going to make sure we have curriculum to do that paul is the target student someone who wants to become an SDR or a sales engineer, or is the target someone already in the role just just wants to enhance and grow their skills? We essentially, our focus is in work people, but you can be an in-work person who's just started the role, right? So we have a lot of foundational courses. So we've got a brilliant course that Sarah Brazier at Gong teaches, along with a guy called Mark Colgan, a course called Foundations of Prospecting. And this is just that, right? It's a 12-hour course taught over six weeks, And it literally gives you all of the foundational knowledge and skill to be an SDR. And you could have literally just stepped out of college. The one thing that is common, though, as I said, everyone's in work. And and that's really important because that's where you get real value because you learn some an amazing skill from a world-class expert because all of our teachers are world-class go-to-market leaders who are often in work right now, so at the cutting edge. You learn from the very, very, very best at Sales Impact Academy, and you can literally apply what you've learned immediately right? So you see immediate impacts in pipeline creation, immediate impacts on conversion if you're in a sales cycle and better retention as well, because that time between learning and implementing is minutes. This brings up a really interesting point, Paul. So I spent some years in a global corporate education firm where we had both the curriculum and the platform. And one of the things we encountered was 70% of learning can be called scrap learning if you don't apply it in real time. So what you're saying is a part of your key success is the fact that your curriculum actually allows them to go and apply it right away and gain those learnings on the job? Yes, that's exactly right. Because basically, if you think about it, what we're doing is, yes, we're building a curriculum, but the secret source really is that we've designed a learning approach that works for busy in-work teams. One of the crazy things about sales training, and we never refer to ourselves as sales training because the connotations are so terrible. One of the reasons it's been so terrible in the past is that the classic take a team into a crappy hotel, you know, teach them with, a, with PowerPoint, blast them with PowerPoint for eight hours is not how human beings learn. And actually, so many stories of companies doing that for a whole week. And then it's even worse because you've got all the, everyone going out and getting completely wasted in the evening. And then everyone's hung over the next day and they're getting stressed because they're not on top of their deals. And they've got some guy droning on <laughs> in front of them with PowerPoint all day. It's just like, that is just not a great way of acquiring skills and knowledge. So what we do is like, scrap that. That's ridiculous. We literally have two teaching hours a week. That is it. That's enough. And it's typically on a Monday and a Wednesday or a Tuesday and a Thursday. And we teach everything at this, what we call the magic hour, which is eight o'clock Pacific, 11 Eastern, 4 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Europe, 6 p.m. Israel. And it means in this one class, teams of our companies, we've just done a great, amazing deal with HubSpot. So HubSpot's a customer of ours. We're now their global learning platform of choice for their entire global BDR team, right? And one of the things they love is that, wow, we can have teams in Canada, North America, South America, all of Europe, all of Africa and Israel all in the same class, learning together in work time. It doesn't matter if they're at home, in the office, wherever they are in all of those continents, and bang, they're upskilling in a very, very effective way, all of those reps all over the world. So Paul, is this self-directed e-learning or is it instructor-led virtual live. learning? Live, live, live. It's live. 
Everything we teach is live, yeah, in this one hour. We record the class, so if you miss it, for whatever reason, you can catch up, but it's absolutely 100% live, and the course ends, and then you have to take exams, because we have an examination product on the platform as well, and then managers can see how you're progressing, because we've got data, and <laughs> literally have you passed the course. You just said one of the secret sauces, and I wondered how you manage this, and that is, you know, being taught something is one thing, but being able to apply it and then get feedback and coaching from someone, whether it's an instructor or a manager. So how do you go about that reinforcement and feedback? Mm. Yeah. So we, we're trying to solve this problem at massive, massive scale, right? Because I want to try and help as many of my sort of brothers and sisters, you know, in the profession as possible. Because I, I honestly, I feel their pain. I really want as many people to not have the pain that I went through. And all for just learning the foundational skills will cure that. So we're thinking, how do we reach millions and millions and millions of people? So we're, literally from day one, we've been thinking about this. I, I think one day, right, we've, we've already had a thousand person class. We've already had one of those. I think we're going to one day have a 50,000 person class. I think one day we're going to have a quarter of a million people in a class. Okay. But the way that we ensure that the learning is getting embedded and reinforced to your point, we're developing an amazing learning support app, right? There's going to be gamification. Um, when as soon as you enroll in a course, it triggers the start of the learning journey via the app. And then we're going to have a whole ton of stuff like a bit like Duolingo, you know, little nudges, little quizzes, little all sorts of things. That's going to that's going to be one way. And the second way, and this typically happens for all of our customers, once this live class is finished with the best person in the world in, in a certain topic, we create a whole bunch of like implementation materials and support guides. And we then empower, this is like an empowerment play. We empower the local leads and managers to then continue and embed the learning themselves within their companies. And that process means that they're also taking this core best practice and then making it work for their specific situation. So we're kind of like leveraging the local leads to then continue to sort of embed and, and reinforce that learning along with this learning support app. And then obviously we have the exam to then just check if it's all kind of like worked out and people have truly acquired the knowledge. And as part of your vision to actually have a Sales Impact Academy certification where people get certified by SAA, where they can carry that from company to company? Yes, 100%. Yeah, we're launching our own platform quite soon. There's going to be public profiles. Companies will be able to see learning histories. There's a whole big play that I won't go into too much detail on. But yes, there's a very, very big vision there that maybe one day we could be the, the standard global platform, not just for learning, but actually the standard platform for certifying skill, which will be game changing for the industry. Absolutely. And one of the things that I which Depends on what research you read, whether it's 30 billion a year or 40 billion or 50 billion a year we spend on sales training just in North America. The question is, how do I measure the return on investment? Yeah, it's a nice thing. Employees feel like we're investing in them. But at the end of the day, it's like, why do we spend 500,000 or a million dollars? How do you recommend to a CRO or a head of sales or head of CS to evaluate the ROI for this type of investment in their employees? Sign up to Sales Impact Academy because then we'll, we'll supply you with the data to back up that it's working. This is the other thing about like the old-fashioned sales training like industry. Where is the feedback loop? Where is the data? Like that's the other beauty of online. Like I can tell you engagement metrics. I can tell you if people have, are actually kind of like have the right screen on their computer. Like you have nothing in the in the old-fashioned way of doing it. To your point, it was a nice feeling, and the, and you hope for a little bump in a performance, and often it didn't come. Because actually they weren't concentrating because the pedagogy was so terrible, but you've just blown a whole bunch of cash. I'm not saying every bit of sales training forever has been really, really poor. I'm just saying, forget the content for a second. The delivery was so bad. It was almost a waste of time.
So I think the future's got to be a much, much better way, right? And, you know, we, you know, we have a CS team. We set up very clear, like, what are your metrics now? And we work with improving those core metrics. We had one customer just went through a, a short specialist course with Kevin Dorsey, cold calling bootcamp. It's four hours over two weeks. We had the whole Gong team. So Gong is one of our customers as well. Had the whole Gong team go through it. One customer saw a doubling of meetings booked using the phone in the weeks after the course. And they fed that back to us. That's astonishing. That's amazing. Sounds like a key part of your strategy is to take people with industry experience, thought leaders, et cetera. You said Kevin Dorsey, who really have almost their own, I hate to say proprietary model, but their own framework to actually get people to go out and engage and improve their productivity right away. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly it. Like I say, we actually might have conflicting approaches on the platform. It doesn't matter. There's actually seven different ways to get to the summit of Mount Everest right? There are many ways to getting to, to a successful outcome and go to market. There's not one way. I don't agree with this fixed one-way methodology. I think, you know, why not become masters of our craft? And to become masters of our craft, we should know the different approaches and methodologies and choose the one that's right for us. Paul, oh, do you see this where SIA, it's okay if I say SIA, Sales Impact yeah, Academy? Sure, sure. Yeah. Like Pluralsight carefully curates thought leaders and instructors, but they help them with a common delivery process. Do you see that kind of being the SIA model where you curate the instructors, but you do most of the production and the delivery process? One million percent, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we've spent a lot of time thinking about learning design, right? And I've used this fancy word pedagogy. And I didn't actually even know what pedagogy meant until I started this business. I met our, our pre-seed ed tech investor and they kept using the word. And I was like, what does this pedagogy mean? <laughs> you keep, you've said it about 15 times in this meeting. But pedagogy, for most of you that won't know that, that what it means, is basically all it is is a fancy word to describe, you know, what is your teaching approach? So someone says, what is your pedagogy? You can kind of explain it in that context. And that's the thing, like learning design is really important. Learning design is critically important. And so we spend a lot of time creating the, the optimum learning experience in that one hour. We have two coaches. We really go no more than 10 minutes of learning before we have an interactive moment. There's a whole bunch of stuff, as I mentioned, around the app that we're going to be developing. So we're creating the pedagogy. <laughs> we're creating the sort of pedagogical frameworks and the motion and the two hours a week. All of this is like, the infrastructure that we're putting in place where we know it's the most effective at delivering the learning so it gets absorbed, used and implemented. And we just literally layer on the experts on top of that. And then we work with them to curate. I think it's a great word to use there. We sort of curate with them. They're the absolute world experts. We break out a course into syllabus and then we have instructional designers then work with that coach and with that world-class expert to then put beef out the whole course and then we go live. One last thing, and man, our 30 minutes is going so fast, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you is based upon this data point. So in 2020, the B2B cloud industry was about $350 billion in total revenue. By 2025, predictions have it in the 800 to $850 billion range. And a previous guest that I had said, we're going to need at least 300,000 new sales resources, both sales and customer success to get to that 800 to $850 billion. My question to you is, we're also going to need a lot of new managers and well-trained managers who know how to coach and provide feedback. How big is the manager layer of your curriculum? Is that a big part of it also, Paul? That's a great question. We literally are next week going live. It's called A Practical Guide for first-time managers. There is an enormous amount of curriculum. We already have a great course called Lead Coach Win as well, which is the foundations of coaching. 
you've hit upon something so important. Like, again, it's one of the challenges of being in this industry that happens day in, day out, where you've got a team of seven or eight SDRs, and then one of them, and they've maybe only been there for six, nine months, gets promoted into a managerial position, and they're 24. And they're now managing their mates, and they've got no support in terms of what, how they should approach it. Should they be aggressive? Should they not? How do I get respect? Like, all of these things, what's the cadence of one-to-ones? What do I even do in my one-to-ones? You know, how do I do performance review? Like, how do I be a great leader? Nothing. No one gets any of that. No one. So there's a huge, huge, we're going to be going really deep on curriculum to support that. And not just first-time managers, but like also managers that, you know, are managing managers. None of us have really had any structured formal learning on how to be great managers. We just haven't. Ask about that because you know I'm old. So 30 years ago, when I started my corporate career, I was at GE in their information services division, and they put me through a year-long program of how to be a great salesperson. And then, as I went through the management track, first level, second level, third level, they put me through management training, and it was just incredible value that I received. Why are companies today basically neglecting doing that or now even outsourcing that to firms like SIA. Don't you think companies should be investing in their people as a primary training organization? Yes, I 100% believe that. 100% I do. But here's the problem. Companies are not natural educators. And I think that it's not their core skill. It's not their core product. And I actually liken it to what happened in the early 2000s with CRM. Now, I remember like it was quite common for you to start trying to divert some of your precious engineering resource and go use something like FileMaker Pro and start building your, your in-house CRM. And then it got to the point where everyone was like, hang on a minute, we're not a CRM specialist. This is actually really complicated. There's this great thing called Salesforce. We're just going to buy that on subscription problem solved because they're the experts at CRM. I think there's a massive parallel between what we're doing and what Salesforce did back in the day, which is don't like take that core skill, that universal best practice core skill stuff. Absolutely, you shouldn't do that in-house because like you're just reinventing the wheel and you'll be reinventing it probably pretty badly. Oh, and by the way, going back to this word pedagogy, I bet it's going to be pretty terrible. I bet you're going to deliver it in a bad way. There's going to be no feedback loop, no infrastructure, no learning support app, no exams, no nothing. It's a it's a huge undertaking. Now, GE can do that, right? Because they're GE. But most Series A, Series B, Series C, Series D, and even a bunch of enterprise companies, they actually can't, the resourcing of that. Across the the complexity of everything in go-to-market, from revenue operations to marketing to customer success, it is a vast topic. Honestly, Ray, I think 3,000 hours is going to be the complete curriculum for go-to-market. 3,000 hours of learning. What you're basically saying, Ray, is you're saying you expect Every company on earth that's doing B2B to somehow over time create 3,000 hours of high quality learning. It's just not realistic. So a bit like what Salesforce did, hey, we're like democratizing access to the world's best CRM. We're doing the same. We're democratizing access to the world's best core skills, sales education. I love what you're doing. And I think it's such a needed thing. And it's for all organizations, by the way, same thing in engineering, but go to market is going to be what drives us at $800 billion. So my last question, Paul, is what didn't I ask you? What is part of the problem that you're addressing that you're going to uniquely solve that you'd like to share with the audience? I think I sort of hinted at it and I am always kicking myself for sharing too much. (laughs) I'm quite an open book. I want to try and keep it a little bit sort of under wraps what we're doing. But I think there is a massive, massive, massive play in a couple of things, actually. One is how do we really accurately understand and assess 
current skill. Can we do something really, really smart by going, you know what, you've got 600 people in your go-to-market team. Let's kind of go through this kind of like assessment product that we've created. And let's really even now understand granularly where people's true skills are. And can we start mapping that out? Can we then start using, I, I don't know, maybe even WYSI machine learning and AI to go, right, rather than actually thinking like this course paradigm, let's almost piece together a completely bespoke program using this understanding we've got over here on, on your literally very granular skill deficiencies. And let's put it into this kind of machine learning tool and spit out a learning journey for the next nine months is going to get you like going to fill these gaps. Oh, if you can have personalized learning journeys based upon current skill level and assessments, that's going to be a home run. You know how many salespeople sit in a training class and say, I know this. I'm really good at that. Well, number one, we don't know if they are really good mm-hmm. at that or not. They think they mm-hmm. are. But if you can make learning highly efficient and mm-hmm. very specific to those gaps, you're going to have a home run. So let's give the listening audience a chance to get to know you a little bit better on a personal level by three quick questions. And the first is, what CEO or company do you think is a must follow for a B2B employee today? I really like the CEO over at Outreach, Manny Medina. I've met him in London. I think he is running that business in a very compassionate and kind and thoughtful way. I think my probably my favorite CEO on that front is probably Jeff Weiner, who was till last year obviously ran LinkedIn, joined LinkedIn when there's only 300 employees. And his approach to, you know, compassionate leadership, building a great culture. I, I mean, I was literally on a call with someone from LinkedIn earlier on today, and she said out of the four companies she's worked at, Salesforce, Twitter, and Google, and LinkedIn, LinkedIn is head and shoulders for her, the best place to work in terms of what they do for their people and how they how they invest and care about their people. LinkedIn and Jeff Weiner and Manny Medina and Outreach are two great examples of building a great company while doing good for your employees. Totally agree with you, Paul. Second question, which tool should every B2B tech company be using for their go-to-market teams, not your own? We have just started using QuotaPath to manage commissions, and it's game-changing. Calculating commissions is just horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And as you scale, it almost becomes like a full, someone's full-time job. And so we're using QuotaPath, and they're fantastic. And, and by the way, providing your sales organization insight into how their quota and compensation was calculated, huge win. So that's a good one. Okay, third question. Someone who's just ready to graduate from university or has graduated and is in that first job at a B2B tech company, and they want to be the next great CRO or even founder of a company, what advice do you give them? I mean, it's going to sound entirely self-serving, but I'd say make damn sure you've got a subscription to Sales Impact Academy, particularly if you want to be thinking about building a career in, in, in sales right up to CRO. I mean, we've got a brilliant course called the Definitive Guide to Revenue Leadership. It's actually our biggest course we have, 24 hours, over 12 weeks of learning. Mark Roberge teaches on that. Elisa Fink teaches on that. You know, she was the uh, CMO of Tableau, took it from like literally zero to a billion in revenue. It's killer. So we, we know we can cater for you. If you join as an SDR and you want to become a CRO, we, we got your back for your whole career. Okay. So Paul's advice to someone who wants to be that next great CRO or founder of your B2B company, get to know Sales Impact Academy. Hey, Paul, I'm thank sorry. you so much for your time. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so self-serving, but genuinely, I, <laughs> it would work. <laughs> I love entrepreneurs and founders who are that passionate about how they can impact not only an industry, but individual careers. 
Man, thank you so much for being a guest on the Metrics and Major Rep podcast, Paul. Thank you very much, Ray. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. It's going to be a pleasure for me to watch your journey, right? Hopefully, even someday, make sure that I can actually highly recommend people. You got to go take this Sales Impact Academy course because, you know, it's killer, man. Thank you so much. And to our listening audience, if you like the guest and content we're covering, like today with Paul and the Sales Impact Academy, it would mean the world to us to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or your favorite podcasting app. Go ahead and give us that five-star rating. And if it wasn't five-star, give us a recommendation how we can make the show even better for you. Thanks, everyone. And thank you very much, Paul. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for listening to today's Metrics to Measure Up podcast. If you would like to learn more about B2B SaaS metrics and benchmarks, please visit revopsquared.com.